Hi guys, I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory. I'm ASD. And I'm Chris. Welcome back, Chris. This is what the people want and you're here. How you, have you I been? I know, it's like it's been quite a while actually. I can't remember the last time, but I'm very excited to be here. We've got a lot to talk about ASD. Huge amount to talk about. And I've actually seen you fairly recently, so um we, I don't, know. Have to, we don't have to go through any niceties. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> we just so everyone knows, we had like one of the best ice creams I've ever eaten. It was really good. It was late at night because it was we met up, it was meant to be a podcast birthday dinner for myself, organised by you. And everyone pulled out apart from you and your lovely partner, Tab. And that was fantastic. That was the best, best situation probably that it could have been. And we went to Boca de Lupo in Soho, which is really nice. But the place opposite Jalupo is my favourite ice cream place. I've been going there for like as long as I've known you. We worked out that that's 10 years. Yeah. Now, and we'll talk about that shortly. And it was really good. And I took some home from my wife and got brownie points as well. Oh, yeah, you must have got That's really good brownie points. Well done. <laughs> and I was telling the man in the local wine shop, I mean, listen to this for middle classness, about our dinner. And he and told him about the artichoke, because the artichoke is still in my mind about how delicious yeah. it was. And he said, oh, I know that artichoke. It's like burnished gold. I mean, it was very good. And <laughs> then he said, and then he said that he actually made it once and he didn't do a bad job of it. But oh, the really? best place he ever had it was in a restaurant in the Jewish quarter of Rome. And he said, I don't know how many years ago it was, but it's the and it still stays in his mind. So if you ever find yourself in Boca de, near Soho, Arch Street, Boca de Lupo, go and eat the burnished gold artichoke. Yeah. There you go. How's that for the world's most middle class uh, recommendation? <laughs> We've changed. <laughs> haven't we just haven't we, we have just changed. we've got three things to talk about we've got the game yesterday spurs palace we've got which you were at we've got the north london derby which was today which we were both at and then we've got 10 years of proud lily whites as well oh yeah oh yeah i mean you know that's only just been a couple of days so yeah we should definitely talk about that wait where do you want to start i mean well why don't we start on the men's game and let yeah. me just tell you about the dream I had on Saturday night. So before I went to sleep, I was Saturday watching. Saturday night. Uh, Friday night. A Friday night. You're right. Friday night. Say, yeah. Friday night. So before I went to sleep, I was watching TikToks and I must have fallen asleep on the TikTok of Guglielmo Vicario doing that thing, you know, where you um, like the hold the metal and it buzzes, right? Yeah. Um. And I must have fallen asleep watching that because he was in my dreams. Oh, um, I can't remember what it was, but it was just him and Sonny. Okay. And so I, and it was quite, uh, you know, quite pleasant. Woke up yeah. thinking about both of them on a game day. It's not a bad thing. And so I decided we were going to win 4-1 and that Brennan okay. Johnson was going to score. So I was incorrect on both of those. No, but, but we did win. Yeah. We did win and Brennan Johnson was influential. He was very, he had a very good game. I think a few people had good games. Werner, good game. Johnson, good game. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, it was a, it wasn't at half time, every WhatsApp group I was in, there were people sending each other kind of, isn't it shit being a Spurs fan, like miserable faces, etc. Um, but we do know what it's like, um, shoot, like, you know, attacking the south stand and we do well attacking the south stand and look 
that um, free kick from Eze was great. It was a really good free kick. And I saw um, Agent Sun post-match. You know, they're having yeah. like nice chats with it, with Eze. You know, he's someone that I as I don't know whether we've been looking at him, but he's someone that I think would make a great contribution to our team. But yeah, I mean, that first goal, Werner, you know, on the end of it, and Brennan Johnson made a huge difference coming on. I think it was that kind of zip that we needed. Um, it's interesting because Patrick, who sits next to me, was complaining about our forward line, actually, and saying the defence, this is half time before we scored three goals, right? Yeah. So the defence and the midfield do their job, but there isn't enough dynamism up front. And I have to say, I know you're pulling a face, but we were saying at half time, like given the energy of this team, imagine if you had Kane's creativity and ability to like bang in a goal from anywhere, what we might have done. Um, and I still find it astonishing that he's not going to win the league. Yeah, I watched. I watched that game that he played on Friday. They they're just not great. It's <laughs> not great at all. Yeah, I mean it. It doesn't feel hasn't felt balanced all season. Like Son isn't an out and out number nine, but he's obviously brilliant. I mean he's on nineteen mm-hmm. goal and assists so far. I think this season. And then Werner and Johnson aren't perfect. Kulusevski isn't perfect. Richarlison isn't perfect. So if you had Kane. Madison's son, and then someone else being, you know, supporting that that, that those three, then yeah, it would be great. I, I know what you mean. There doesn't seem to be a, a focal point almost. It just seems a bit disjointed. It's like they're missing the main player from that that team. Yeah, but having said all of that, the second half was great. Those sort of twelve minutes were great. Um, when we had a couple of corners, and I was like giving it to Cootie to get his big bonds on it. And uh, the others were like, oh, I'll be Van der Ven. And so I know Cootie didn't score from a corner per se, but, um, but I still kind yeah. of feel like I called it. Um, yeah, and then yeah, Sonny, yeah. Did, Sonny did what Sonny does best, which was like, you know, and actually it wasn't easy. Um, if you look how far out he was and the goalkeeper was quite well positioned, did really well because Werner um, had a one on one in the first half that was a little bit frustrating because he was like, should he have chipped the keeper? Did he have to go around? Why didn't he try and pass it, etc. But he's not an out and out. He's not a forward. And Sonny in that situation, like, gets on his toes and, you know, it was terrific. And all the things that you love at the end of the game. Um, Giles had to shoot off because obviously he's got to go quite far and I think he was going to go and pick up his um, one of his girls from somewhere. But I was like, I'm staying here for the vibes, for Freed from Desire. <laughs> it was, what is it? Freed from Desire, um, the Big Ange Angel song, and then I think they play Can't Smile Without You or something after Glory, right. Glory, Tottenham Hotspur. And it's just like, you know, what's not to love, frankly? Yeah, and as yeah, that yeah. third goal went in, you'll have seen, um, so you can see I'm still excited thinking about it. You'll, you saw Giles' photograph. The sun was just creeping through the crack between the um, top of the stadium and the stand. So, like, the sun was shining. Sonny scored the third goal. They celebrated yeah. down our end. You know, I managed to sort of photograph kind of, you know, I think Brennan Johnson jumped. Was it Saar that jumped on his back? Saar jumped on his back and then Brennan came along. And then, you know, and then you know that he stays back to do his own little celebration. Absolutely loved it. It was great. Great, great, great. What I love about Johnson is he's really 
he, he must be a nightmare to play against because he's always nipping at your heels. He's always, he, he doesn't really give stuff up. And I think that, that attitude is really good to see because, you know, I always come back to the Christian Eriksen and that if he could be world-class if he had a bit more of that just aggression and it's almost nastiness, it's sporting nastiness, you know. It's it, yeah. and I think Chris Eriksen was always about the beauty of the game, whereas... I think Johnson is it, it works hard and he, he's he's becoming more and more influential. I think he's growing into his role and I think he's really suiting the end ball as well. So it's really, really good to see. So yeah, it sounded like a all round, just good game, good place to be. Spurs are happy. I, it still annoys me that we, we give away these leads. I think that's the fifth game we've come back to win. But if we're going to do it, might as well do it. Palace is always an awkward game as well, isn't it? New manager bounce, all of that stuff. Although I, talk, I was talking to some Palace fan friends beforehand and they were like we always just get beaten by you because our first game yeah. the stadium was that one nil against them and that i don't think they've i don't think they've beaten us at our place and in no. the new place yeah i went with you to a palace game last season where we won yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I, yeah i mean look you know i think we did i think we 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 did well it's exactly what we wanted to do off the back of that defeat from wolves big game against big game against villa at the weekend um, and you've got a hope. Game. You've got a hope that we can go up there and do something. Because, and you know, I think it's one of those things that if they're up for it, it's almost better that they go and they're up for it rather than thinking, oh, it's only wolves. If you see what I mean. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, some quick stats: Romero's got the same amount of goals this season as Gabriel Jesus, four goals. <laughs> Love that. Good. We've scored in 38 consecutive Premier League games. The only other team to do that is that not from down the road, which they did in 2001. So that's pretty. And how many pretty... did they do consecutively? How, how many have we got to beat them? Uh, they got 55. So... Oh, we've still got yeah. some way to go yet. Yeah. 17 okay. to go. <laughs> okay. Um, what I did find interesting is this someone's pulled a graphic of um, this, where we are this season for the same amount of games as last season and the season before. So we're fifth now, we were fifth season before, sixth the season before, so there are thereabouts. We'd won 15 this season, 14 last season, 14 the season before. We scored way more goals. We've conceded more goals. The, the goal difference, we're plus 16 now, plus 10, plus four last time. And we had 50 points now, 45-45. So we're, we're not that far off where we were, 10% more than the last two seasons. So it's definitely getting better, but hopefully a bit more control. The key difference is we're losing fewer games. Last two seasons, by this point, we'd lost nine games each. Now we've only lost six. That's a big difference, I think. Um, that is a big difference. But I also think there's something about what our intent feels like as well. Because it does yeah. look like not only are we trying not to lose games, we're trying to win them. And I think the last couple of seasons, it just felt like we were trying not to lose them. Right, the last five. Like, it's really been, it's been yeah. really pretty painful. Um, Fernandez got an assist, but... Brennan Johnson now has the same amount of assists as Odegaard, Fernandez, Doku, Alexander Arnold. Like we need to give him credit for that. I think. I think. I think he had. I, I'm. I'm a big fan. It's fascinating, isn't it? I really like him as well. And people give him loads of pelters, which I don't understand. He's a really, you know, he's a young player, and you know, he's got a very. I think he's got a really bright future with us. And then you go and say that actually, statistically, he's like one? pulling up trees as well. So yeah. it's weird, isn't it? First, like young, very young man, first game, first time playing at this big club. A big club, he's settling into North London. Crack on, lad. My, I'm getting Delhi vibes, you know. I just sort of, that feeling, how much I love Delhi at the beginning. I'm not quite Delhi evangelist levels with him yet, but... No. With a, 
Yeah, big game against Villa, like huge game against Villa. Like, I th- you know, the, the people are already beginning to talk about whether these games are now deciding whether going to be we're going to be in like fifth or sixth um, obscurity with Manchester United, or whether we're going to crack the top four. What would you be saying to them if you were if you were Ange? What would you be saying? I think I'd pull out as many cliches as well possible because I think it's you've got to look at it as one game at a time. There's no point in trying to look on and say we could do this, we could do that. It's like win every game in front of you and know that you're good enough to do it. I think that's the other thing. It's like, you know, do the work that you need to do, but, we're, you know, we know we're good enough to do it. So let's just get on and do it and not worry about what is after that or what it means to beat Villa. Just go and do, just go and do it. Just crack on. Yeah. It's- you know, Porro's out. Royale is, is a great backup. So we're, we're pretty much How long strength. is Porro out for? It was two weeks, wasn't it? And from this week. So he should be out, maybe back for Fulham, but probably rested for Fulham and then back for Luton. Do we know what's wrong with Richie? Richie, no, I haven't seen anything more than just, it's just an injury. Did you see that? I, I mean, I don't know if it was true or not, but I saw a picture of him in like the Janola pony top. Yeah, I did see that. It was he was um, being interviewed, and uh, Madison came behind him and started singing the song. She's great, brilliant, 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 brilliant. So yeah, look, exactly, we did what we needed to, which was go and win that game. So let's just go and win the next one, and then the one after that. What's interesting and a bit annoying though is that how when do you know? Sorry for like not doing my work on this. <laughs> But do you know when we'll know how many teams qualify for the Champions League? It's going to go right to the death. It depends on how teams do in this year's Champions League. So it's it's uh, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. So if Arsenal go out, it it might be the thing that stops us from getting it if we're top, even if we're top five. That's annoying. Yep. Richardson out for three to four weeks. Right. Yeah. And then Sessegnon, bless the kid, that like he just needs to. We need to make sorry. him a, a coach. I feel sorry for him, man. I just, I remember doing my, um, when I did the ultramarathons, when I ran from Richmond Park to Brighton, um, I had a, you know, a tough training plan. Yeah, it was 10 years ago this year. It was a tough, tra- it's 100 kilometres, and it was, a, I had a tough training plan. I'd be running like 20k every day. And there were times when I got injured, and it's, it's, it's soul destroying. Like I remember just being in dark rooms, just crying, like in a fetal position, just because it's not just that you can't do, you can't grow, you know that you're going backwards. So you're going to have to spend time to get back up to where you were before you can start going forwards again. And you know, this is critical when the the manager's making this new team for you. And obviously I'm not an elite athlete, but if you know your career is 12 years, 14 years, it must be absolutely devastating because then even then afterwards, you don't have loads of money to fall back on. You don't what he might do, but you don't have a, a career where you can go into punditry to fall back on. You just you're just sort of stuck in no man's land. Yeah. Poor kid. Anyway, so that's the men's game. Looking forward to the villa game. Big congratulations, of course, to Ange and Big Vic for their football London manager and goalkeeper of the year awards. Astonishing for half a season's work. Well, more say, than half a season. I mean, I'm not Arteta's biggest fan at all. I think he's he's too reactive. I think emotional is a loaded term, but I think he's too emotional reactive. And it's going to be the downfall of that, or it is the downfall of that team. But they're and higher than us. Well. Yeah, yeah. So that's this is why I said reactive. This is why, you know. Um, 
I know who I'm on the line with. And I don't know why Ange won it. <laughs> I don't know how. Because he's the he's best got, manager in London, I assume. Oh, scored like five in the last three games. You know, they're, they're flying. But, yeah, but we love Vicario. Yeah, but the vote must have been before the last three games. This is true. This is true. I loved how much Vicario loves it as well. The cat's come to say she loves Vicario too. Um, I love how much he loves it. Mm. You can see, like, he's in it for the long haul. Yeah. I love the picture of him with his parents, with winning the getting the award, where they're both like a foot tall, a foot shorter than him. So you're <laughs> like, Vic, where did you get your height from, son? It wasn't for either, from either of these two. No. Brilliant. Absolutely mm. brilliant. There's a. a... Baker somewhere that's really tall in the in the village he comes from because all Italians come from villages and the bakery. Yeah, absolutely. So this morning I woke up. I'd stayed over at a friend's last night, and I got a text from my friend, and she said I've got a spare ticket for the sold out Arsenal versus Tottenham Hotspur North London derby at the Emirates today. And I was like, as long as the boss signs it off, it's good to go. And it's a bit. It was a bit. I felt a bit rude because I had to leave their house, you know, just before ten. And obviously I was meant to stay with them, but got to the Emirates. The, the first thing I, I text people was the atmosphere is very different from North London Dub. Like it couldn't be more different. And it's nice. Like that's the thing. It's nice. Um, met up with her. It was very nice getting into the stadium. What she had done, they had bought. First of all, she turned up in an Arsenal shirt. I've never seen her in a football shirt before, but she went to the final where England won the Euros. Oh, yeah. Um, and got hooked on football then. And her best friend is an Arsenal fan. And so she started going because they did 50, 150 quid for five tickets to for the five games they played at the Emirates. So this was the final one of those. And she had the really posh seats in the I was middle. about to say, because actually it was 50 quid for five games. Yeah, so she paid 150. Ticket. So they must have, yeah, okay. So three times the amount. But these are like in the middle, halfway up. Like there's only five rows. It's not quite at the box, but it's the one below the box. So I don't, the tickets couldn't be better, really. Um, and you go in at halftime and there's just free beer and wine and coffee and hot chocolate, which I'm, I'm guessing you didn't have down in the away end. No, right. And yeah, it was really, it was just, it was a very nice atmosphere. It was, it was nice to see the families. It was nice to see the gender imbalance, you know, going the other way. Um, just shame that. Because it was, it was March and not we were saying this. I met some, you know, loads of people I knew were there, as you can imagine, like some good friends, some friends of mine who used to live in North London that now live in Whitstable came down for the day to meet up with some other mates who live in Holloway. So, you know, there were loads of people there. And I think the, the interesting thing there was, was there was one woman who lives in Holloway and she said, I don't go out of the house when it's a men's North London derby day because it's just, it feels a bit too, like, Aggie, yeah, um, and this didn't feel Aggie at all. However, um, the game didn't feel tame. No. Do you know what I mean? So you still got like a good sort of football vibe from the game yeah. in terms of it being like quite tasty, and the teams being up for it, and the fans still giving each other a bit of shit and all the rest of it. Excuse my language, yeah. but it wasn't angry in the same way. No, and you know we loved it. We loved it. Just a shame, actually. I don't know. I was in line. I was in the away end, and I was in line with the penalty box, and it looked uh, very clear to me that Beth Mead was offside. 
Now, I said it on Twitter and someone sent me a screenshot showing that she wasn't, but I still don't believe it because I just think she was. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah. And, you know, uh, but I thought the um, I thought the lines people didn't do a brilliant job um, because actually, well, only because I thought that was offside. But yeah. I think we made really good account of ourselves, particularly in the second half. I think the midfield was better in the second half when um, we looked a bit brighter when Al and came on. Um, I thought the defence were fantastic. Bumped yeah. into some Baggies fans, um, who, again, who came down because they hadn't been to the Emirates before. Um, but a bunch of women from the back, um, who are West Brom fans who were like, this seems like a decent game to go to. Randomly bumped into them when we, we walked home and we stopped for a quick drink. Um, and they thought we were the better team. I'm not sure I I'm not sure I thought that to be fair, but they thought we were the better team and they thought that they were very impre- impressed with how we played out of defence and that our defence looked composed even with that level of forward like bearing down on them. Um I know Kim Little got player of the match, but for me the player of the match was Amy James Turner. I thought she was brilliant. I thought she was brilliant, you know, like um headed clearances, goal line clearances playing the ball out and then playing the last 15 minutes and sent her forward. She held, and she held the ball up yeah. really well. I thought Arsenal were poor at times. That They they had so much of the ball in our half and they did nothing with it. They, the, Their goal, I I couldn't see the offside. I couldn't see it as offside, but it didn't. It, I thought there was a foul leading up to it. I thought we should have had the penalty as well at your end when yes. in the first half. We hit the bar with a really... Oh, was that touched was touched onto the bar. She did. So, that was she curled it so nicely, Jess. That yeah, I think that would have yeah. yeah. Jessica, so I've seen Jessica Nars now play a few times, and I haven't been that impressed with her before. Like been a bit clumsy at times, but she was really good at, at taking the ball out. I thought she beat people really well, and then offloaded the ball really well. I thought I was really impressed with her. Their goalkeeper Zin Zinsberger was the keeper yeah. that played against England and conceded seven. So I thought I'd like to see more pressure on. On her, we we definitely created the better chances, but there were just far too few of them. It reminded me of the game we played against them, where what was it, two nil, one nil earlier in the season, where again they were they were on top for most of it, but then we got two we managed to make a goal, yeah, yeah, and that that's what it reminded me of. I didn't didn't think they were particularly brilliant. They just had a lot of the ball, but didn't do much with it in the box. The playing out of defence really worried me at times because it, they were really really playing. On the edge. They just, uh, but the thing is, they just don't do anything else. That's how, like, literally, that's how you think Ange does that. That is literally how they play, and they will not do it any other way. And it can feel a bit scary sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I'm really pleased that you know. I think this is next weekend. We're playing Manchester City for the fourth time this season. Yeah. Right. And it was we've lost the first one seven one or 7-0, something like that. Yeah. Then it was 2-1, and the last one was 1-0. So logic decrees logic. Yeah. that we're going to win 1-0 this time. And it's the FA Cup, and we've never been in the... This is a quarterfinal of the FA Cup. We've never been in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup. And to be in the semi-final of the FA Cup would be amazing. And I think, you know, like a game like that, even though we lost... Um, it's got to give you some confidence that we can we can do something. And Manchester City are doing very, very well. Um, and I think, you know, must be looking at um, must be looking at the league. So I don't know whether they're going to be, you know, what their sort of concentration, if you like, yeah. on the uh, FA Cup is going to be. But we definitely owe them one. Yeah, for sure. Why, why did Beth England start? 
Why didn't Beth England start this? That's game? a great. That is a great question, ASD. I would have started her. So basically, the last few games, couple of games, he's tried Martha Thomas and Beth England together, and it hasn't worked. Mm. So I guess he decided it was only going to be one of them today, and it was Martha. Um, I don't know. Maybe if Beth's not fully fit. I don't know, but. I would have, you know, all day long, I'd I'd start Beth England. Um, yeah. But I'm not the boss. I'm not the gaffer. So I guess we'll see what happens in the uh, in the cup game. Yeah. But um, I would I would start her. But look, I think <laughs> before the game started, we would have all taken not being battered because yeah, they've actually sure. been on better. They've been on a good run since we beat them. They've been on they've been on a decent run. I beat Man United what so, three one last three two last week. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think we would have taken that. But you know, I like the fact I like coming away disappointed from a game that you know that you, that we're expected to lose. Yeah, and sixty thousand and fifty people is pretty impressive, isn't it? Well, except it wasn't, was it? There were a lot of empty seats. They, but that's what Arsenal do, right? They announce all the tickets that have been sold rather than yes. people who were there, people through the gates. Exactly. They don't like, you know, even though they scan your tickets, they know how many people are in there. Yeah, yeah. They tell you how many tickets they've sold. But having said that, it was, you know, it was a full stadium. It was great. I mean, there were empty no seats, but it was a, it wasn't like it was a full stadium. And you've got to give them credit for having done that because also... You can see, like, like you know, you told your story of your mate. There are new fans in that stadium. That's not just that's not just Arsenal men's fans coming along. They've created a whole new sort of audience, for want of a better way of putting it, who are spending their money coming to the Emirates. And it just like the vibe was good. The vibe was yeah, good. It was. It was. I think commercially it must work for them as well because everyone had bags from the what's they call it the armory and from the Arsenal shop. So it it makes sense. To do that more, I think. Like when yeah. I was on the train from Harpenden, it was just it was just rammed with Arsenal fans everywhere. It was it was it was nice. I forgot how much I enjoy when you go to an away game and you sort of got you keep quiet, even though it is a nice game. You still keep quiet and you 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 talk about them rather than us when you talk referring to Spurs, and then you see a little Spurs fan in colours and it's it's just nice. It feels like you sort of want to wink at them, yeah. you know, and go, oh, yeah. yeah, I know what you're doing. Funny, yeah. Funnily enough, I wore a scarf today and, and oh, yeah. some of the some of people, you know, some of the Pradley Whites saw me and they were like, you never wear a scarf. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but we've just walked from home, right? And yeah. I'm, so you know, I'm surrounded by Arsenal fans here, even though we're not in N5 or in N4, to be fair. Um, and so I somehow wanted to identify myself as the opposition because I'm still yeah. a North Londoner, as I announced on the bus. So <laughs> we then ended up getting the bus up the Holloway Road because we were tired. Yeah. But yeah. That's great. Okay. And a proper away end as well, actually, ASD. One last thing. Because last time we were there, the away end was sparsely populated. Mm. Right? But today, it was full. So it was great. And, and half and half um, scarves with the date on it. So people thought it was worth making scarves with the date on it. I mean, these are as annoying as you find half and half scarves. I it's, do find it's, them annoying. But it's significant that there's enough interest that they, 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 well, my um, my mate's um, uh, kid. I say she's a kid. She's twenty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, bought herself a Katie McCabe scarf before the game. Okay. And that, and such a thing existed. Yeah, yeah. I saw loads of them though. Loads. 
Um, loads of the yeah. Arsenal had. Um, I saw a Russo one. I saw a. Oh, I definitely saw a Beth Mead one. There's, yeah. There's lots of England players, right? Um, yeah. The club put out a tweet with a long form video, a very long video about um, Proud Lily White's because it's been 10 years. And that, that's when our relationship started. Cause I remember seeing or seeing rumours of it starting. And then we, I think I sent an email to the to whatever generic email I could find and to say, does anyone want to come on the podcast and talk about it? And you popped up. And so what a wonderful thing that was to happen to me personally and for the podcast and for people. But it's been 10 years. How has it changed in the 10 years since you started? Well, before we before I go into that, and likewise, you literally were the first podcast that the Proud Lily Whites was ever on was this one echoes of glory um and it's just you know and as you say it's a beautiful thing personally as well the the friendship that we've developed over those years so i'm not going to say any more i might might actually start crying um (laughs) but yeah look we made this video um so we've been planning this for a while because obviously 10 years is a big deal and we've done loads of incredible work with the club and we wanted to celebrate it. And, you know, we had, you'd imagine the sort of number of sort of creative and in inverted commas meetings that we had with the club about what this thing was going to look like. And what was important was that we wanted it to be celebratory, but we also wanted it to be galvanising because we know that we've still got work to do. And I think we achieved that through that video. And the thing I'm really proud of is, you know, various people who are sort of, you know, in this, arena if you like you know messaged us to sort of say that was a really good film and it, it i found it you know i found it really emotional but also like really kind of heartening to sort of see the work that you do with the club which is exactly what we wanted and so yeah here we are 10 years on you know we've got nearly a thousand members now um we've got our proud lily white's proud champions of which echoes of glory is is one which is you know champions which podcasts and other supporters clubs across the world you know so you know we know we've got podcasts that we can kind of activate for stuff we know that when our members go to i don't know new york or new delhi that they (laughs) can go and watch a spurs match with you know in a in a safe environment um we've got thriving community ourselves and i think that's the really important thing is that building of community and you know we've the um more and more members just from the off the back of off the back of the um the video as well which is great you know new people coming and sort of saying either i didn't know this existed which i you know i think is wild but that's because it's so much of my life um or others thinking actually i didn't realize that i could just join in yeah um and it's just wonderful because actually that's what makes change is movements and, you know, you need all the other stuff. But the fact that there's a movement of people that are saying, actually, football is for us. And I'm just, you know, I'm delighted by that. And we had a brilliant event at the club as well, um, where the when we first premiered the film, Ben Davis and Ellie Brazil came along. Um, you know, we had a panel, which, again, I was really proud of. Um, yeah. Because what we did was we rec- recreated the panel from the very first panel event the Proudly Whites had. And so that was... Um, Troy Townsend from Kick It Out, Joe Tung from Women in Football, our patron Helen Richardson Walsh, and it was our coach, our co-chair then Daryl. So Lee joined instead, and Ledley also joined. Although he wasn't at their first panel event, he was at the launch event of the Proudly Whites, which was the 27th of February, 
2014 um, and Leon Mann hosted it for us. And I had people that kind of go to a lot of these panel events saying that was a really good conversation. So it's really proud of how we pulled that together, where you've got people who kind of think that they've heard it all really saying that was a really good conversation. And we just had a really nice party as well, I suppose, for want of a better way of putting it. So, yeah. So 10 years. Um, I can't quite believe it's been 10 years. One of those things where you go, wow, we've been at this Decades. for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting is we always say we want to put ourselves out of business. That we don't want to be in a situation where we have to be having these conversations. But it was interesting because Donna uh, Cullen, who's the executive director of the club, who um, introduced the night and is our executive sponsor. Um, she said these guys always tell me they want to put themselves out of business but I look around here and see the community that's been created and I wonder if you really want that and actually that really made me stop and think for a second because it's true it's like we say we want to put ourselves out of business but then what about this beautiful wonderful community um so yeah really like really proud of what we've achieved um proud that we kind of you know there's still more stuff to do um and that we continue to build an like an important and thriving community to do it Yes, the need for it to go, but you can still have the community, right? Like I, I totally get that. And like you said, yeah. I think in the like you said, I think in the film, like you, while we still hear homophobic chants in the in the crowd, in the games, there's still a need for it. What really struck home for me was the amount of people who have football in their lives, but maybe didn't feel like it would that it, it they were almost excluded from it, or there were elements of it where which wasn't for them, or they were being pushed out because of the behaviours that were encouraged by football and how much of a refuge this was for them. And I think it's a really beautiful thing. And there's a bit of me which goes, like, even if it helped one person over the last 10 years, it's a, it's a wonderful, magical thing. But the fact that you've got a thousand people, that's quite an emotional thing for me to be, to do a minuscule bit of supporting it, but just to say, like, the to look at you and say, you know, for 10 years, 100 people, um, a year on average, you know, one person every three days, someone who's been through, you know, who's been excluded, they suddenly feel like they're part of something, getting that warmth. It's, it's just an incredible thing. It's a really beautiful thing. And I'm like, that's why I've always been such a great supporter of it and um, a great ally of it, just because to give someone a bit of refuge and to make them feel included, like that's what it's all about. The panel sounded amazing. Sorry. It was, and it was. But you're absolutely spot on. And I think that's the thing that resonated for most people with that film. You know, it was yes. just like, you know, I kind of knew somehow that this was probably why you were doing it. But to like have a bunch, like, you know, several people, all of whom you can see are super passionate about Spurs, saying, I didn't get to do this for a long time or there I didn't feel like I was safe to do this for a long time or whatever suddenly really does hit home yeah can you imagine um, so yeah I'm really proud of it and it's had last time I looked it had nearly 500,000 views on Instagram 200,000 views on X Twitter whatever you want to call it um, about 5,000 views on Facebook, um, and probably another you know 10 or so on uh, on YouTube so you know it's had some reach which is great um, and I'm just really proud that it's a, you know, it's a part of the Spurs pantheon now. Yeah, yeah. Is that the right word? Yeah, it's very grand. But it's, it's <laughs> but it's also is it doesn't it's not weird then not weird, but it's not it does it's not different anymore. Like saying that flag, it's almost it would be weird if it wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? Weird it's, is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Like it's no, that's it's, exactly right. It's like it's that when it first Cypriot went... flag, 
Uh, yeah. You know that one. That's part of being at Spurs for me. Like I don't, it's, I don't, it's not in FIFA, I don't, it's, so it's not really, really the grounds. Seeing that separate flag, that for me is such a key, like a core memory of the old White Hart Lane. Seeing that bloody Tottenham Cyprus flag, yeah. and it's exactly and, the same. And you're absolutely right because I think one of the things is like you know that's one of the that's kind of one of the markers. When that flag first went up, there was like a massive hoo ha. We've talked about this before, and now it is part of the furniture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that that goes to that tells you something. I remember we went to the last game, last home game of last season, didn't we? And which was the men's and the women's game. Oh yeah, remember? Yeah. And you introduced me to Helen Richardson Walsh, who was there with her child. We would sat just in front of him, oh, and yeah, yeah. I got starstruck because she's like a bit of a hero of mine. Like, didn't she Olympic gold medalist? Yeah, captain that team. But I always say she was a her wife was the captain. Oh, I always right. say that we she became our uh, patron when she was a bronze medalist because we're not glory hunters. And right. uh, whilst she was our patron, she got a gold medal. So yeah, we're super proud of her. And they're both brilliant. Both Helen and Kate are wonderful. Kate's um a Man United fan, but I mean she's northern, so we can't hold it against her. <laughs> but their daughter, they live in North London. Their daughter's a Spurs fan, or she will be if she's yeah. interested. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, so what what would you want? I'm prepared you at all for this. What what if we sit here in ten another ten years? Um, what what would you like to see Bradley Lewis be? I think I don't I, th- I don't know the answer to that. And I think the most important thing is is that we're member led. You know, we listen to our members all the time. And I talked about it, you know being a movement, and that's really important. So wherever the movement takes us is where we're going to go. But I think the basics will always be the same, which is we want to just want to make sure that if you're a queer Spurs fan, that you feel the most sense of belonging and you know inclusion possible. And yeah. whatever that looks like is what we'll do. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, I think. You know, we 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 talked over dinner about being able to take praise, but I think do you ever take a step back and think about how much you've done for people and how much you've helped people? Because you need to do that at times. No. Well, you know, just got a big gob ASD, and it just happens to have like resonated a little bit. So, but you point it in the right way, and that's 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 the right thing. I'll take that. I'll take that. What you you know, and I think that's a really wonderful thing. Um, I really love you for it. So well, well done and thank you. Thank um, you, thank you. So that's it. We covered a lot. Um, just want to send a bit of love to the the other co-hosts. We haven't heard from them because they're all going through stuff at the moment personally. So I just want to, if they're listening, just send a bit of love out to them. But otherwise, I think that's it. It's busy week. We're in the thick of it now, aren't we? It's, it's the thick of the season. Points mean a lot, and um, yeah, it's tasty. Tasty indeed. Tasty indeed. Right. Well, thank you, Chris, as always. Thank you. It's lovely to see. I'll see you in a couple of weeks anyway. I'm cooking for you. Oh, yeah. I'll let you all know what ASD's cooking's like. Oh, it's good. He's very confident. Like he's very confident in saying he's cooking for us, so I reckon it must be good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. think I said that on Wednesday, didn't I? I'm a mix of, of crippling self-loathing, but also outrageous, almost privately educated and deserving confidence do you know what I mean <laughs> and my life is just a balance of that oh, Brilliant. well thank you thank you for listening and whatever happens don't forget the future's bright the future's lily white come on you Spurs.
I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.